opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome in. Take my hand. Say hello to who you know and who you don't and who you can. We'll give promise to your springtime and beginnings to your ends. We'll try not to be cautious, we'll be friends. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Visibilities. I want to start by thanking Brad for pinch hitting as our streamer this evening. And one of my favorite people in ACB, although I have an awful lot of them when I think about it, is none other than Allison Smitherman, and Allison will be hosting with me hit with us this evening. And thank you, Alice, uh, Allison. And my special guest is hanging around too, if she can stop laughing long enough. And that is Pam Shaw. And Pam, I can't even begin to start a list of references and experiences that Pam has had, but I know every time she's on Visibilities, we have a lot of, we learn a lot and we have a lot of good laughs in the process. So thank you all for being with us this evening. We have, this week's call is called Happy Holidays Are Made From Happy Memories. And I think every one of us have memories of Christmases or New Year's or Hanukkahs or Thanksgivings, whatever the holiday may be, from our past that we had a wonderful time or that so excited us. If you read the little blurb about tonight's call, I said, remember the excitement when you found that Santa had left your first make and bake or your first Patty Play Pal. Some of you probably don't have a clue what those are. But <laughs> they were really popular back in our day, back in the late 50s and such. And uh, Or G.I. Joe, or the, oh, the Ken doll. Remember the Ken doll from Bar- Barbie's Boyfriend? Um, I remember I had the Barbie doll and the car and her car and my sister had the Ken doll in his car who knew that they had to have we had to have a pink and a blue car even back in those days but the thing is that from all of that and many holidays since where we had people with us who may no longer be with us and so that isn't that's yes it is too bad that they're not with us and in my in body today but we have those memories and those memories are what we actually build much of our current feelings about the holidays from and the there's so much peace and love and excitement that we find we had during those during those holiday events and as i said to somebody as I said a few minutes ago, actually, the one thing that you cannot do, no matter what, even if everyone was still with us and such, is that you can never rec- 
create a memory, but you can recall it. And recalling those memories is, I think, what helps us get into just a wonderful upscale, upbeat um, holiday this time or any other, or any future holiday. It's we, you know, we've all we all have a quite a past. And yes, sometimes you have had a, you know, a negative experience on a Christmas Eve. You know, I got in trouble on Christmas Eve because I told my younger sisters and brothers that there was no you-know-who. And boy, did I get in trouble for that. (laughs) Um, That was not my favorite Christmas. (laughs) But on the other hand, there are so many other Christmases that were so much you know that where there was so much fun and so much um, togetherness with family and friends, and I think we all have those experiences, and we'd like to hear about some of those experiences from each of you tonight, and some of what you're planning to do to have a very very happy holiday season. But for right now, I want to introduce Pam and. She came up with something that I think we maybe ought to start with. She was listening to me tell her the idea of this show the other day. And she said, you know what you're reminding me of is Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. And I'm going to stop right there and let her explain why. It made perfect sense when she said it. But when she first said it to me, I'm like, a Christmas carols. There's Scrooge. Let's see. There's a positive to this. And leave it to Pam. She came up with it. So, Pam, well, I'm turning it over to you for a few minutes. Well, thank you so much. We're going to call you tonight Coach Terry because you have done such a great job in helping all of us to get ready for what's going to happen, um, I think, during the time that we are here. And the other thing that I would say is among my many kinds of interests and things I do, I do something called grief coaching. And I do that, and I'm very busy this time of year because so many people are dealing with grief and loss in ways. And what we want to do is try to help people experience this time of year with joy, even though there's sadness. And so one of the things that the reason I mentioned as I listened to Terry um, Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol, because A, it's one of those things that I watch every year, okay, <laughs> in various versions, including Mr. Magoo. And each time I do, I get a sense of something. And the reason I thought about uh, what Terry was saying is because if you recall in the story, Ebenezer Scrooge was visited by three different quote unquote ghosts. And one was the ghost of the past, and one was sort of this ghost of the present. And the other one was the ghost of the future. So when I'm thinking about this in terms of tonight and thinking about memories, we've got some past memories that are there. I like what Terry said tonight. You you can't recreate them, but you sure can recall them. And then I thought about, look at what's happening to us in the present. 
the new traditions, um, the things that we've put into place that we've sort of never done before, and then having that optimistic view about what can the holidays be for the future, however one chooses to um, relate to them. And so that's why it seems to me that, that the end of the Charles Dickens uh, story was that Ebenezer Cru- Ebenezer, Cru- Ebenezer Scrooge <laughs> became this really kind of um, nice guy who who began to see his future in a different way, and he did the things to get there. So, Terry, that's where I want to open this evening, and I'll turn this back over to you. I like to say this, by the way. Terry, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. But I think that's a good point is what I think was one of the points that came out of that to me is that we have that ability in ourselves to change ourselves. You know, if there's, um, I don't know, Aunt Aunt Helen always sends, uh, you know, I remember I had an aunt who always would send us a couple of, of she, she we ended up with an entire encyclopedia Britannica we'd get you know like three three uh books each year um and that kind of thing and that was like so why do I even like her <laughs> <laughs> um that that type of thing but as I've thought about it since it was she was actually trying to do something good for each one of the four of us kids um you know or it's or you know that it wasn't just a an afterthought type of thing and sometimes we tend to do that we tend to you know just go oh just get her a gift card might haven't got a clue in the world or together um that kind of thing uh i don't know if any many of you heard um zelda's show last thursday night on gifts without a gifts that don't need a bow, and it was the idea of doing something for someone over the course of the upcoming year. Um, she was talking like her her nephew uh, saying that he would mow their lawn for a year, or that someone else would take their grandfather shopping on Tuesdays, that kind of thing. And those are oftentimes the things that you wouldn't ordinarily think of, but if you kind of tie them into the holidays, they just become something a little more, um, they, they, they help change your attitude toward the holiday. You know, I, we all tend to get so tied up in shopping and, parties and what am I going to wear and um, all of that kind of thing and kind of forget what the real meaning of Christmas and the meanings of families and friends really are. And uh, I think we can do so much. We can change that and with, and we can change it with, I mean, it's not something that we need to spend um, $200 an hour in therapy over for the next seven years it's something we can take on ourselves and um, push and, and get ourselves to actually, you know, start feeling that way. We can get ourselves excited over 
things that we could do this year. Um, we can get ourselves excited and happy over the year, over the events that we've taken part in um, through all the years. Uh, those those events, as we said, those events are still sitting on, or those emotions are still sitting on the back burner. And so I'm hoping that tonight we can pull a lot of those emotions forward and make sure that everyone here has a great holiday season and learns a lot from other from one another of you know things that you know you haven't really thought about um and with that what i want to do is i really do want to open this up to many of you who would be willing to share a little something with us about perhaps a fond memory that you take with that that has taught you to um in, to enjoy the the current times the time, you know we all live in the time and you know and we all lived in the time and so let's just listen to I'd very much like to listen to a couple of you about it and the first hand we have raised is Rick good evening Rick you can unmute I think you are okay right? There you are. Merry Christmas, Ter Teresa and Frank and Pam. I still think the uh, Mr. Magoo version is the best version of Scrooge. When I was a kid, my I want to talk. My my parents would make Christmas such a beautiful day. I mean, we we didn't have a lot of money, but they had to have Christmas perfect, and we were one of those families where. We were taught that Santa Claus did everything. So on Christmas Eve, we would bring the tree in into the living room, get it standing, which wasn't always easy. You seemed to always be tilting one way or another. But that's all we would do before we went to bed. And then once we went to bed, my parents would decorate the tree. And in the kind of rented house we used to live in, you'd be lucky to have one good outlet in each room, electrical outlet. So we had one of these like, 14 extension cords coming out from everywhere to get the tree lit up, you know, and uh, they do that first. And then when they finally got that done, my mother would start filling the stockings and she had a pattern that, that had to be adhered to. There was like fruit and then nuts and then fruit and then hard candy. And that just went all the way up the stocking. And then she would wrap presents. And my father then would turn to the, the three most scary words anybody can hear on Christmas Eve, some assembly required. <laughs> <laughs> and and we had I, I had um well I had an older brother and sister but but we were kind of like the second family between me and and my I had three younger brothers and we were all within less than five and a half years apart so there was a lot of work to do and when you you know anybody who's trying to assemble assemble these things you know there's always a screw missing or something doesn't line up and we'd be lying many a Christmas Eve would be lying in bed course we couldn't get to sleep because we were too excited and we'd hear words coming from downstairs that we knew couldn't be santa claus <laughs> <laughs> so when we would get up the next morning coming down the stairs christmas morning was the first time we saw the tree all lit up mm -hmm. and of course my father had the 
the movie camera out with the big bar and the three huge lights, and it was, oh. you know, blind as you come down the stairs, <laughs> and taking movies, and that was that's the way, and that's another thing that mm -hmm. it reminds me of. We had, we always get to open one present on Christmas Eve, and we would get all excited about it. Boy, we'd get to open a present on Christmas Eve, and we fell for it every year because it was always new pajamas. You had to look good for those movies <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> But, it, but it, okay. we, we always got excited about it. We, we always fell for it. Um, and that's, that's pretty much one thing I, I did want to bring up is uh, not as something that's going on now, but has gone on for a long time. And I don't mean to bring anybody down, but oh, one thing I want to make, yeah, one thing I want to mention before that, a Christmas, kind of a Christmas memory. Terry uh, knows in Boston, the Boston Common gets lit up every year and it's, it, it's beautiful. They, they do a great job. All the trees are lit. And they have a frog pond in the middle of the Boston Common. It's just a, just a little basin that, that's a couple of feet deep, maybe. In the summer, kids can wade in it. In the winter, it freezes over and people ice skate. And there's a, there's a fountain in the middle. And in the winter, when it's lit up with the Christmas lights and all lit up, it's pretty beautiful. Now, mm. 51 years ago, next Friday, I took my future wife walking through the Common on a Friday night. And it was snowing. It was, and snow, to me, snow makes downtown, any big city look beautiful when it's first falling. You know, two days later when it's brown and icy, it's terrible. But when it's first falling, it gets quiet. Everything's white and clean. It's beautiful. I took a walk into the frog pond with the lights and the fountain. And I sat her on a bench and I got down on my knee and I proposed to her. Really? Yeah. And I don't I, I think, you know, because it was, it was pretty cold out, and she didn't want to go through a long explanation of why she would say no. She said yes. <laughs> so that's kind of a, another memory I have. But the one thing I was going to say, not to, not to bring, bring anybody down, but back in 1996, we had a son who was 19 years old and was killed in a car accident. And because my family is so big into Christmas, when I say my family, I mean my brothers and so forth, we decided that first Christmas afterwards that we were going to put a small Christmas tree up at his grave. And we were going to get the lights on it, battery-operated lights, which were pretty new back then. Yeah. And when we did it, I, I, I'll tell you, people have never heard of such a thing. And it, it was absolutely the only one there. We've done it every year since, and every year there are, you would be amazed at how many trees there are in the cemetery now. I'm not saying oh. we did it, you know, it was all because of us. But we were the first one to see to do it. And it, it gets bigger and bigger every year. It's pretty impressive. Wow. Uh, that's all I have. But my wife, Linda, would like to share a memory or two. Mm -hmm. Ah, come on, Linda. Hi. Hi. Hi, Carrie. Second time talking to you today. <laughs> okay. I sometimes I want... we go for weeks between conversations. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, the other day, I don't know. On an email you sent us something, you were talking about a Thumbelina doll you had gotten. I loved my Thumbelina. Okay. <laughs> when, when I was 10 years old on Christmas, I got a Tiny Tears doll and a little oh, snow yeah. and a car seat. It was beautiful. Um, she is still with me, 65 years old. Oh, my God. It's in my closet in a shoebox. She looks pretty rough. I can't get rid of it. I am 
always going to keep it. I can't think of, you know, certain things when you were a kid, and most of them are dolls. I don't know if you remember the Jeanette and Ginny dolls, little yeah. ones you dressed I have Jeanette. Ginny broke. <laughs> My grandchildren <laughs> got a hold of her. But um, I loved Tiny Tears, and I still bring it out sometimes. I just look at it, and I think, it would have been awesome. I wish we had played dolls together when you were young. I wish we had known each other back in those I days. Know. <laughs> I know. We go back a long way, but not quite that far. Yeah. Um, Terry, was, was, you were I... on the naughty naughty list the year you told your br- brother and sisters there was no Santa on oh, Christmas yeah. Eve. I was, well, actually, I think I had told them maybe the day before. Even before. I don't know. I just, oh. I just know I had a miserable Christmas that year. <laughs> you did. It was. Right. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know that I shouldn't because it was the it was the the other three girls in my class. At school, right. in, in school, you know, we, I went to a sight saving class, and so we had people yep. different ages, and I was always the youngest. And one of them, oh. had, one of them had told me, I think just oh. to be a, just to be a brat, um, yeah. she was anyhow. And it was like, well, you're supposed to, you know, that's kind of a rite of passage type thing. You're supposed right. to let people yeah. know, you know, let your younger people know. And I believed okay. her. And I yeah. did I get in trouble for that one. <laughs> oh, I bet you did. All right, I'm going to let you go. All and, right. Um, well, Merry I'm Christmas. looking forward to seeing you folks before Christmas. Yes, you will. When I, I, hold on. Wait a minute, I'm going to give it to Rick. Oh. Okay, we're all set. Okay. Thank you both for joining us tonight. I know usually Rick and Linda listen to us on ACB Media One, but... This is kind of special that they both called in tonight. Right. So I thank you both very much. And you, we're going to move on to, um, we've got a few people with hands raised. And our next call is from Pam Coffey. Hello and Merry hey, Christmas to all of you. The one I'm going to share, and this goes back a ways as well, uh, 1963. Uh Now, I live in a part of the country that doesn't get all that much snow. I'm currently in Alabama, but in 1963, I still lived in Atlanta. And two days before Christmas, we were had planned to go to drive to well, close to Florence, Alabama, another place that most people have never heard of. Well, some have. Small town, northwest Alabama, because my grandmother, this was the, her would be her first Christmas after my grandfather died, and he had just died in October. So that Monday morning, We got up and, well, you look out the window and there's a mixture of sleet and freezing rain and a little snow in there, just a real mess out there. And we're thinking, oh, how are we going to get to northwest Alabama? And we called my grandmother 
And she said, well, I've got seven inches of snow. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. So, but we were determined to get up there, if at all possible. So, dad had to go to work for part of the day. But he, whenever he could take a break from work duties, he would call the highway patrol and whoever else he could think of to call to try to find out, okay, is there a way that we can get from Atlanta to Florence, Alabama and have reasonably passable roads? Well, they finally were able to map out a route. It went around your elbow to get to your wrist, but, um, you know, that, that's the way it was because the normal way we would have gone, there would be no way. We had to go through a place, well, would have gone through a place called Fort Payne, which is up in the, it's like, uh, it's the tail end of the Appalachian Mountains. You know, it's like the, the foothills of the, Uh Appalachians Uh and it's up pretty high and we knew there would be no way we would get through there in this kind of weather so they they mapped out a route we packed our little suitcases we all got in the car and we took off and we got there it took a long time it uh, what normally would have been a five and a half or so our trip probably took eight hours ah, at least. But and you got we, there, and was there, we, was there still snow on the ground by the time you Absolutely, got there? there was still seven inches of snow on the ground, and it was close to zero out there. The temperature was, and, and who knows what the wind chill factor was. But um, it made for you a very nice Christmas. and that's It what... absolutely did, and and it definitely brightened things for my grandmother who was you know newly widowed um and that's of course i was at that time i was too young to really understand all of the um things about um how hard it is when you lose a spouse no i'm not married now but the thing is um you know, I know a little more now than I did at age. I oh, shut up. My other phone's ringing. Uh, and she just called me 15 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, she's a very lonely person. Which, well, you go to, then. Then that's. No, I'll call her back after this is over. I was um, going to say this is the but, time to do something nice. But. But. Um, you know, that was just one of those very, very memorable years because we could have easily just decided, oh, the weather's bad. We just we won't be able to go. We'll just call her on the phone. But nope, we went up there and turned out we had a wonderful time and actually got there and got home in one piece. Um, didn't have an accident on the road, didn't skid off the road. Um <laughs> But um, yeah, that's, the, that, that's that's the good part of it. Yes. Well, so thank that's you my, for 
Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. I Thank do you. appreciate it. Uh-huh. Agnes in Colorado. Uh, <laughs> she knows what snow is, I think. Oh, very much so. Um, <laughs> a little more than I'd like to. But um, I'm going to share a quick a Christmas memory. Uh, one, my, one of my favorite uncles, my Uncle Lester, died in 2009. And he and my Aunt Jean had two sons, my cousins, David and Jim. And they're also... Uh, now deceased but when we were growing up my uncle had what he called around Christmas time the clean the plate club and he said he was always finding out if we were cleaning our plates and he had a hotline to Santa and he'd be reporting to Santa so (laughs) needless to say we didn't want to upset Santa so we made sure we cleaned all of those plates that's and, that is cool, and so ever since then you've been eating of you've been cleaning your plate. That's right. <laughs> that's that that see it it paid off. It absolutely paid off. Well, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. And Sue Crawford, I feel like this is old home week. <laughs> Sue, if you can unmute. Let me send her an answer. I'm sorry. I'm there sorry. you are. Okay, no problem. Okay. So it's wonderful that you and Pam are doing this show this evening. So, um, and and especially to hear old friends like Rick and Linda. And so when we first moved down here, which was in mid-November in 98, and of course, we left friends and families and coworkers in New England and came down here. So that first Christmas, um, we 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 went to a church, which isn't far away. It's easy to walk to. Um, well, anyway, it's it, it's it's not far away. So Grace Episcopal Church. So we went over for Christmas Eve services, and it was lovely. I don't know what time it was, but let's say eight nine o'clock at night. And um, and then so they and of course we didn't know a soul there. And then after the service, they said, "Well, we welcome everyone to come downstairs for." Your reception first have have some refreshments before you head out for your christmas celebration so charlie said well, we should do that i said charlie um we don't know anyone here he said we should go downstairs i said charlie we don't know anyone here and he said well what we do is we go walk out the back of the church go down the stairs go into the hall and we you know we can walk up to people and say hi you know Merry Christmas and introduce ourselves. And if they want to chat, we can chat. And if they don't, then we walk on till we find the next person. When we get to the end of the hall, we just go out that door and we walk home. And that's what we did. In a million years, I would never have done that. But tried to, <laughs> well, of course, we're going to do that. We're going to go down. We're going to wish people Merry Christmas and introduce ourselves. And that's what we did. And it has served me well, especially now that I'm alone, um, that what what that was about is if you reach out, if you reach out and you're open to others, then they can be open to you. As I also recall that first Christmas when we walked home and it was pretty late at night then, it might've been like 11 and George Ave, which of course is like the Indianapolis 500 during the day. um, It was totally quiet. There wasn't 
There wasn't anything moving and it was snowing and it was just beautiful. And we walked home um, on that little sidewalk along Georgia Ave. But that has always stayed with me that, you know, being shy can be a barrier, you know, and, and it's good to just open. It's good for me to open myself up and, and extend myself to other people. And then in return, um, their Merry Christmas to me is a real gift. So Merry Christmas, Terry and Frank, and you too, Rick and Linda, and everyone else at ACB. Oh, thank you, Sue. And, you know, a Merry Christmas to you. And we've had many, a, many, a, many, many a, a wonderful Christmas together through the years. And may we always continue to. I remember we Amen. always... I remember... We'd always, the week before Christmas, we'd go, uh, this is before any of us came down here, we'd go to Sue's, and she made this eggnog pie that we all went crazy over, and then you had those, the little glasses that your brother had brought home from, the little demi oh. glasses that he had brought home from Italy, Yeah, and we'd, and we'd have a toast to the upcoming year with uh Bailey's Irish cream in it. <laughs> and then uh, the and then the year that we we had a whole we had a bunch of people over, Brian and Kim and Vicky and Yeah, and we did your that sister one Carol year. Came, yeah. your sister Carol came when we played a Christmas trivia game. And so yeah. we broke into two teams, men's and women's, and the women kept getting the ridiculously easy questions, you know, just ridiculously easy. And then the men would get these bizarre questions like, well this this cathedral and some country burned down on Christmas Eve. You know, just impossible stuff. And it was a riot because it was just. It was. I've forgotten you know. about that. It was. <laughs> and but. you would think it was a, that was just a lock of the draw, but that was a great evening. So, and that it eggnog, was. that eggnog cheesecake was so ridiculously easy. So, <laughs> anyway. I know someday we're going to get the recipe from you for that. I do there remember that. That was. That was. It, it was such a hit. And she gives yeah, you but Car- how easy it is. <laughs> your sister your sister Carol is the one that brought over the Christmas trivia game. And it was so <laughs> much fun. We laughed. And I hope people can laugh this Christmas. You know, Listen, and, we uh, all need to. You know, we need to take a break from the from the world around us sometimes. And uh, what better way to do it than over the holidays? Thanks so much for calling mm-hmm. in, Sue. Sure thing. So, Pam, are you still awake? <laughs> uh, maybe not. Yep, I'm unmuted. There you are. <laughs> now. Oh, yeah. I'm not leaving this one for the world. <laughs> this oh, is great. Goodness. Isn't it? This has, been, this has been wonderful hearing all of these stories. And I think we've, you know, that if we can... Each and every one of us can conjure up something from our past. Yeah. Um, don't you think that that kind of helps us make this an even better oh, holiday I, season? I, I, tell I me what you think does. of. Uh, t- tell tell us what you think of all of, the, of our stories and and uh, how and how you think we can improve our make our holidays even better. Well, you know, a couple things struck me and I thought they were interesting as I listened to the stories was the detail 
that people could remember um, about whatever had happened. You know, I noticed that those smallest details were still there. And the other thing is that people kind of had a, a, a mindset um, about the memory. You know, you could take a memory and use it, and then you you feel very, very depressed about it. Or you can take a memory, even though it was depressing then, now it feels a whole lot better. And so that's one of the things of allowing and empowering um, ourselves to make that story whatever we need it to be now. And then to use that story, um, like uh, Sue did, to use that particular memory that has actually become a major tenant in her life. And it was, um, for me, it was like a teaching moment. And so I think that to ask ourselves some questions, um, how do I feel about that memory? What did I learn from that memory? What have I really carried with me? How does that memory show up in my life, it show up in my life today. So I think the important thing is to take charge of the memory and not let the memory take charge of you. And so that I didn't get a chance to um, ask the people who told them, because one of the questions I would ask them is, what made you choose that memory today? You, you know, what about that memory makes this a great holiday for you? Or even if it's a sad one, Nonetheless, how do you feel about it today? You said something earlier, Terry, in the introduction about even the memories of people who are no longer with us. But even now, as we think about them, they can kind of make us smile, you know. And, yes. and I think that's one of the things that, at least for me, um, helps a lot. I'll tell you a quick one for me. And I call this memory our Charlie Brown Christmas tree. You know, the I, special. I love the Charlie tree. Brown Christmas. We had that happen. Okay. I was a child, so I didn't understand some things, but I do now. And my dad was an alcoholic. And so what my dad was supposed to do was go out and get the Christmas tree. Now, I think my father made a stop along the way, if you know what I mean. Uh -huh, I do. I grew up with it, too. <laughs> when he came back, I don't even know what you called that thing he brought into the house. You know, I don't know whether <laughs> he ran out of money. It was horrible. Even as a blind kid, it was horrible. We had to tie it up with some strings so it would stay up. Okay? <laughs> and then... There was an area in the tree that had no branches. So we, instead of putting the star on the top of the tree, we put it there to cover it up. <laughs> and all kinds of things we found to dress up that tree. But the joke was when we thought, talk, th talked about it as adults, we felt like that was the kind of best old tree because you should have seen the stuff we put on the tree. Now, my mother only objected to one thing that went on this tree, and it was me who did it. I hung a beer can from the tree. Because I thought it, it would make a great, I mean, I was a child, what did I know? I thought it would make a great ornament. And it was really easy to hang because, you know, it had the little top where you pull the oh, thing the up in the tab. Yeah, the, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you could, makes a great Christmas tree ornament. <laughs> so we had a lot of fun, but we also, as kids grew up, knowing the real meaning of Christmas. Now, I could laugh now, but then it wasn't all that funny, but. That's how we did. So, again, give yourself the permission. One thing is we find ourselves, Terry, and to the, everybody else in the call, sometimes we're just a little bit too busy 
trying to conform to other people's attitudes about what something should be and how we should behave and, and things like that. I've got some friends, and I'm sure you do too, and family members, who this may be the first um, holiday season without a loved one, you know, and sometimes they need a little permission that, you know what, it's okay to celebrate however you want to. Nobody says you have to dress in black and stay in the house. You know, if you want to come out and be with people, we welcome you. But on the other hand, if you decided you'd rather spend this one quietly and alone, we welcome that too. So I think those are some of the kinds of things we can think about when how do we use the memories that we have for good and as stepping stones, here we go to Ebenezer Scrooge, stepping (laughs) stones into a great future. Thanks a lot, Terry, for letting me share. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's, you know, I think you've got a lot of wisdom there. And But don't uh, hang beer cans. <laughs> well, if you want to, okay, I'll say it that way, okay. Actually, I had a friend, um, I was, now that you mentioned it, uh, from what Rick had said about when they uh, put the first Christmas tree over mm-hmm. on uh, Justin's grave, was um and Jason's grave, I mean, was um I had a friend who was killed in a motorcycle accident. Mm. And all of his motorcycle friends for I don't know how many years afterward would always decorate his grave. Um on just about every occasion under the sun. I think, you know, mm. hey, it's Tuesday, let's go visit mm-hmm. let's go over to the to uh to Croak's and have a few beers, and you'd find that they'd have them hanging off the gravestone. Or uh, one year, I remember they took them and hooked them all together to make a wreath, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, but we're getting it, some but, decorating ideas here. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, but the, I guess the point that I'm making is that mm-hmm. it was their way of it was their way of keeping the memory alive, and yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and and that's yeah. that's a perfectly reasonable. Mm-hmm. You know, it might not be the way that you or I or someone else would do mm-hmm. it, but you know, if it's a way for someone for for them, then it's not such a to- crazy idea. Yeah, um, yeah. We've got a few more calls, Nicolette. Hi. Um, well, I had thought of this, but when Pam said something about what made you pick this, well, the reason if I think about that was because it was a really happy free time for me, you know, I would, because I had very, very bad eyes when I was young and two of my friends also did. And we were, we were born and raised in Chicago and we lived in a very small kind of section between Larrabee and Halstead. If any of you know, Chicago, um, Larrabee, um, division and Scott were a block away. And then there was all this industrial stuff on one side and the school and the park and the church on the other side. So for eight blocks, we were a wonderful, wonderful community. And in our schoolyard, which was as big as four baseball fields, they came out in the wintertime with these huge hoses and they froze it. They froze a huge area for us to ice skate in. And then, of course, when it snowed and also to to smooth out the ice, they would get the snow plows in and we'd end up with these banks all the way around. And so none of us were allowed to roll to ice skate with our glasses on. 
And it was the one time where I was really free. It didn't matter what I could see or what I couldn't see and my friends either, because the only thing we could run into were each other or these things <laughs> around it. And it was it was just a really wonderful time of being free. And regretfully, I didn't end up being blind, but my two friends did. And they remember that as, as one of the most wonderful times of their lives. So um, I hadn't thought about what you said, but it was one of the happiest times of my life, too. So that's why I chose that. And it was in the wintertime. It wasn't necessarily Christmas because the minute it started getting cold in Chicago, which could be as early as October, they started freezing it. So we had it for several months during the winter. And um, on Christmas Day, I would always go with my dad to Lincoln Park and ice skate on the pond there, which was it was uh, water in the summertime. We could ride in it. I mean, we could ride on it in these little paddle boats and stuff, and we could go to the island and stuff like that. But I remember when I was about eight years old, this friend of ours went, and she was 82. And I'm going to be 80 in two years. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, she's so old. How can she even stand <laughs> up? I skate, right? <laughs> but she went sailing around there, and uh, we had a wonderful time. And I thought hey, I myself, just heard I... I just actually, I think it was Sue Crawford that told me um, the other day about two gentlemen that are uh, taking off for the Grand Tetons in the after Christmas, I think it's January, February, because they're doing downhill skiing and one's 83 and the other's 86. So, oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> it, it really is. But thanks for that memory. Thank and you I'm very almost much. 80. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And our next caller is none other than Sheila Young. And then Nora will be after Sheila. Well, thank you, Terry. And Nicolette, I, I would love those experiences. <laughs> Just, oh, my God. Sounds like so much fun. Um, but, you know, I have gone out of tradition because, and my sister says, I can't believe you don't want your son to be here on Christmas Day. Well, you know what? I have to bend because I want time with my grandkids. So our Christmas day is Christmas Eve. But that's nice. You can do Christmas. Christmas is almost like an any time of the, any day of the year kind of thing. My family, because there are so many of us now, um, we went forth and procreated, shall we say. And so people going out of state and such, and that's what we do now is we have our family Christmas is on Christmas Eve. Yep. And, yep. and, then, and then they can keep the kids home Christmas Day because my granddaughter's three and my grandson's almost eight. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, they want to have their family time. So. Yeah. And everybody needs their family time. Yes, ma'am. So. Yeah. But so my mother always used to say she would have everyone. My grandmother would have us for dinner on Christmas because our house was chaos. And my mother would always do New Year's. And it was always because we don't have to deal with getting up at five o'clock with the kids. <laughs> you know, it was uh, that was it was much easier for her to do uh, the holiday dinner on New Year's Day rather than Christmas Day. Yep. You know, it, you know it's, and so you, you do, you need, you need time with everyone. Yep. You need time yep. with everyone. But uh, thanks for that memory as well. 
Um, Nora. Nora, you yes. can There you are. Hello. Hello. Merry Christmas to you, Terry, and and, and Pam, and, and every, everybody else. I remember oh, when I was you. little. Awesome. I remember when I was little, when I was still living in the small town of Pleasantville in South Jersey, which is uh, New Jersey. I was born in Atlantic City, and then I was raised in the small town of Pleasantville. But my sister and I used to get up real early, and we would open our stocking while we were in bed. And then uh, we would go downstairs and open our, and I think we opened our gift after we had, I can't remember. But anyway, we had breakfast sometime or other, and then we opened our presents, and that was fun. I enjoyed that. And the back east, we had the real tree. And I remember one time, uh, Christmas year, my parents would be decorating the tree, or my father would be putting up there, uh, probably putting the lights on, but I remember seeing the Christmas tree light. But we would go, we would go to bed and they uh, would finish decorating, and you would see a pretty tree in the morning, and it smelled good. <laughs> and I got to open my presents, and that's what I remember from way back. When yeah, the trees. The trees always smelled so good. You know, we were from New England where you almost always got a balsam. And those yep. tended to come from northern New England. And to this day, trees, that to me is, is one of the great aromas of Christmas is balsam. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. Uh, you know, the Carolina pines just don't do it for me. Nearly. I mean, they're nice, don't get me wrong. But a balsam is... The smell of a balsam is absolutely, um, that to me is Christmas, the Christmas season, whether it's yeah. a wreath or a tree or what have you. So I, I know just exactly what you mean about that. But, but uh, yeah, we were in the New Jersey. I don't know what kind of tree it was, but we meant like a Christmas tree and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, goodness. Did. I enjoy opening up my toys, like probably dollhouse, nightlight, not nightlight, uh, called light bright, and some other. Oh light yeah, toys. light bright. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking, am I wrong? Uh, Linda's tiny tears wasn't that like Chatty Kathy's baby sister or something? Somewhere I, don't I, think, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. That that rings a bell to me. Mm -hmm. I remember Tiny Tears, yeah. Yeah, that's what Linda was talking about, Tiny Tears, earlier. Yeah. And oh. for some reason, I seem to think that that was supposed to be the little sister of maybe it was Chatty Cathy or mm -hmm. some one of the other dolls. I don't remember which one. My Thumbelina, I would have to this day, except that one year... <laughs> One year, we, we always went to, up to St. Anne de Beaupre in uh, Quebec every year. And one year, we left our dog, who was really my fifth, the fifth child. We mm -hmm. left her home with my grandmother, who lived downstairs from us. Mm -hmm. And we lived in a two-family house. And out of spite, Spunky took each one of our favorite toys and ripped it up. 
because she didn't get to come oh. with us. <laughs> that was the end of my Thumbelina. <laughs> oh. But I think I was about 15 by then, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, goodness. I used to have a Matilda doll, and I used to have some uh, other toys, like where you pull the string, and it tells you different animal noises. I thought that was fun. Eva, Those were was fun. fun. I still remember, does, it, does anybody remember the? Does anyone have what they believe is that what? What your memory is of the very first toy you got? I'm wondering if anybody knows that. I know what mine was. Really? Um, I, well, the first one I remember. My father had just graduated just before I was born from the Boston University School of Journalism and in photography, and. I think I was, I think at the time he still hadn't decided a couple of years, a few years later that he had a, a blind daughter instead of a son. And so he decided that he was going to teach me to be a photographer. And oh, wow. the very first thing I ever got was a photo developing kit. <laughs> oh, wow. It's a very, I mean, I'm sure I had lots of other toys before that. I was probably mm-hmm. six or something at, by that point, five or six. And that's, yeah. I always remember that. That's the first toy I remember is that for, mm. that photography kit. And mm. and I loved that thing. Oh, because dad and I would work with, would, he would, he taught me how to do it. How, you mm-hmm. know, how to, how to sit in our walk-in closet and call it a dark room and things like that. <laughs> um, oh. And that it was always, that was my connection, me and dad. And uh, and it was, you know, that's just it. It's just the very first thing that you remember. Um, mm-hmm. Is is you know, uh, he got over the fact that I couldn't see very well, but because gotcha. he was still sent, he was still giving me cameras right up until. Um, let's see, we went through a Polaroid, we went through the Instamatics, we went through the the Girl Scout cameras before that. <laughs> All of that he had to come with me when I bought my first thirty-five millimeter, um, you know that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. That was just mm-hmm. always something that, because of that first Christmas, that I that first Christmas gift, it was something that has carried through the years to me. Mm-hmm. I, it's how I've ended up becoming the fa- the family uh, librarian or historian. Um, I was looking recently because it's getting near time to start looking for someone else in the family in the newer generations to take mm-hmm. that over. And I looked, I have over nine boxes of photos um, mm-hmm. sitting in, tucked away in cabinets uh, mm-hmm. to, to, to take up to, I have one niece who said that she'll do some of it. And, uh, mm-hmm. and those pictures actually go back to, I think the earliest ones in 1914. Wow. But, uh, so I guess, he really did instill photography in my brain <laughs> with all of that. Hmm. And it's something that I carry with me to this day. Thank you. Anyway, I want to thank you all and give Pam um, another few minutes, another minute, or two minutes. Um, okay. <laughs> for any of your last minute thoughts on for anyone who hasn't kind of gotten the idea from us tonight on how they can change their holidays into the best ones they've ever had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And, you know, and it won't take me long to say this. Think about this holiday season as if it is the best one you will ever have. Because right now, this is the one you get. You know, tomorrow we don't know, yesterday's gone, but you've got this season. So however you do it, make it by your definition the best you've had and a happy holiday season to everybody. And thank you, Terry, for having me. Thank you, Pam, for being with me tonight. This has been this has been a fun call. It's been um, long overdue, at least in my mind, uh, for us to actually open up on ourselves and welcome each other in to you know to our pasts and we've had some we've all had some pretty wild and crazy pasts and and some great memories and i just hope that everyone on this call tonight takes those memories from your past and they don't need to be from when you were a child they can be mine is one of my favorite memories is only five years ago when it got very warm one year up in Boston and my mother decided that we should all do our Jimmy Buffett and Key West outfits for Christmas Day. <laughs> because, and my son had gotten, uh, uh, not my son, my nephew had gotten his first two-wheel bike. And so we were all out on their street um, in our flowered shirts on Christmas Day teaching Bobby to drive to ride his bike, <laughs> um, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, the, the sad thing about that picture that today is that my mother's no longer with us, but boy, did she t- get us to have one heck of a good time that, that, oh. that year about, must be about six or seven years ago now. And, oh. uh, you know, we can all, and it's the, the point is that we, we, we make of our memories, we make of our holidays of today, what we can draw from the past and what we can add to it right now because as Pam said we're living in the moment and the moment you know there are things that are very scary about the moment I have a nephew who's in Ukraine as a as a reporter um, and that's pretty scary on the other hand we all have such great memories of so many people in our past and in our present and we can do what we want with them and we have and we are all free to do that to do what we want with them and i think that's probably one of the best gifts that anyone can have and with that i want to wish you all absolutely the most spectacular and wonderful holiday season and we'll catch up with you about those uh experiences in january i do have a couple of quick announcements number one is next friday night on visibilities i am welcoming denise collie who's the acb secretary but she's also um the president of the braille revival league and they will be doing a seven hour event on January 4th in honor of Louis Braille's birthday. And she's going to be on next Friday to tell us what's going on with that. And I think Justin Castingay may be on with us as well to, that night to talk about there's a survey out on 
uh, Braille displays. So next week is totally dedicated to Braille. I just want to wish you all the most wonderful and meaningful holiday of the year. And or all of your holidays of this year, the, the holiday of this year, and all of them to come in the upcoming year. And thank you very much. Happy holidays to all.